0: Hello, welcome to the Highland Church Podcast. Well, it is Christmas time. How many of you have already opened presents? Let's see those hands. Yeah, some of you are the eager ones you open. How many of you are still waiting to open up presents? I mean, I love presents. I know I am, I'm almost 50 years old, but I still get excited. I still look under the tree and see what's for me and look forward to other people opening it. And there's all kinds of gifts out there that are great. But some of my favorite gifts are gifts that everybody can enjoy, like a nice can of mixed nuts or a candy Or a board game, like Ticket to Ride, any Ticket to Ride players in the house. We got a few. When the board game shows up, you know you are going to have fun, unless you're not a board game person. But if you like having fun, you'll have fun. These board games, everybody gets to be a part of it. Even though one individual gets the gift, everyone can benefit from it. And that's what we're going to look at tonight, that Jesus, who received special gifts Actually, those gifts benefit each and every one of us. We're going to read scripture today out of Matthew 2, 10 through 11. If you have your Bible with you, please turn there. The verses will also be on the screen. And this is a telling of the wise men. Or actually, the word that Bible uses is the magi or magicians. These were people in a foreign land who spent time and energy studying. They studied the skies and the movements of the skies. They studied history. They were men of wisdom and learning. And they saw something in the sky that got their attention, that wasn't supposed to be there, though God had planned for all eternity past that it should be there. So at this point in the story, we step in after these wise men have started their travels They haven't quite gotten where they're headed yet, but they have decided they're going to leave everything behind to find what this star means. Matthew 2, 10 through 11 tells us this. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures... And presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Our big idea tonight is Jesus received gifts that reveal his gift to you. Jesus received gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and each one of those reveal his gift to you individually, but to us corporately as well. Now, I never preach about this at Christmas. In fact, I've been a little stubborn and like, I'm not preaching about the wise men and the gifts. I'm not going to do it because they weren't there on Christmas. They weren't there. And we look at some uh, church history. Some believe it was 12 days after. It was up to possibly two years after Jesus was born that the wise men showed up. But we see here in scripture that he was still a baby. So he was still in Bethlehem as a baby So I broke down this year, and I said, okay, I'll do it. We'll talk about the gifts. And as I dug into this, I got so excited. I saw things I hadn't seen before, and I'm hoping that you will discover some of this for your own lives. These wise men, these magi from the East came, and they gave three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I'm not sure if they understood the significance of the gifts, but I know that God did. God had been planning these gifts for hundreds and hundreds of years. How do we know that? How do we know that God got his shopping done early? Unlike me. I mean, I did my best ever this year. Wednesday, I had my gifts. I mean, I'm pretty proud of myself. Some of you are still like, uh, after tonight, I'm running out and hopefully something's open. Or hopefully Amazon delivers. But God had planned hundreds of years in advance For These gifts. It was a part of the way they honored the temple. They honored the presence of God through gold and incense and myrrh. And so we're going to walk through these and see what they have to say to us. The first gift was the gift of gold. A very bizarre present for a baby. Can you imagine coming to a baby and giving them a chunk of gold? I mean, it probably wasn't in a bar. It may have had some rough edges. Here you go, little one, snuggle up to that. Chew on it. Maybe it was a teething aid. I don't know. But a very bizarre gift for a baby. I'm sure Joseph and Mary were very happy with some gold, but it was much more than just the physical worth of the gold that these wise men were bestowing on Jesus. What they were declaring is that he was king. We see that they bowed down as you would to a king. And gold was what you used to pay your taxes. It was what you used to send in tribute to a king. It was a declaration that you are worth all of my devotion. So this gold that went to the king was something that the wise men knew to do. Gold was made into crowns, it was made into scepters, it was made into the ruling implements that a king would take around and show others that he was worth it, that he was truly king. And Jesus, born as a baby, was born a king. The Bible calls him king. In fact, in 1 Timothy 6.15b, or 6, yeah, 6.15b, it says this, God the blessed and only ruler, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords. So he's not just a king. He's the king of every other king that ever existed. Every king you can imagine, the greatest king that ever lived, Jesus is that king's king. And Lord of lords. Lord was a term that wasn't just like some English guy sitting in a fancy room drinking tea and smoking a pipe. Lord Buckingham. No, a lord was someone who was worthy of respect, honor, and had authority. So these wise men are declaring the positional strength of Jesus. You are the rightful king, not just of Bethlehem, not just of Israel, but these men had traveled from foreign lands from a far distance. We don't know how long the journey took. They are declaring, you are king of all that exists. And the fact that Jesus is king tells us that he does for us what a king does for his people. A king protects. A good king protects his people. A good king provides for his people. A good king allows justice to be served to his people. A good king is an identity for his people. So the gift of gold shows us that Jesus is our protector, our provider, our justice bearer, and our true identity. That is his gift to you. The next thing we see after gold is frankincense. Frankincense is a beautiful perfume. It's an incense. Many times you would light it and it would Produce smoke that would be beautiful. Right now, there's still people that sell frankincense incense that people use. Again, a very odd gift for a baby. This was not a common thing that would be in a normal Jewish household. Frankincense was reserved only for temple worship, frankincense was reserved for the priestly duties. And in fact, it was illegal in the Jewish world to use incense in any other way except for worship by a priest sometimes once a year. So what does frankincense tell us? It tells us that Jesus is our priest. He is our go-between. He is the one that stands in the gap when we mess up. I don't know about you, But I mess up a lot. I mess up other people's goals. I mess up my own goals. I mess up God's goals. I am uh, not a real handy person. I have tried to fix things. And usually, in fact, I'll just tell you, our back door handle fell off at our house. And I spent three weeks trying to get that thing back on. I used... I used putty, I used E9000, I used plumber epoxy, I used sawed-off screws. I eventually got it fixed, but I don't want any of you to ever take a look at it because it is the most hodgepodge way. It would have been so much cheaper to go spend the six bucks I needed to get the new handle. I don't meet the standards. I need someone to stand in the gap for me. I should call one of my buddies who knows how to fix stuff right, and they would have done it for me. A priest stands in the gap for our failures. One way to think about this is our phones. Our phones are a go-between for us And all the information they can give us, the telephone lines, the internet, the games we play, the information we want to see, the videos we want to watch. This is the go-between. We do not interface directly with the data. We need something we can touch, that we can see, that we can interact with, that helps deliver that to us. I am not comparing Jesus to an iPhone. I'm comparing a priestly duty to an iPhone, the one who goes between. But Jesus came, and this gift of frankincense tells us he is the great priest. He has paid the price. He has satisfied the need. He is our direct interface with God. We read in Luke 1, 9, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense, This is speaking of Zechariah, who was Jesus' great uncle, John the Baptist's father. He had the privilege that year of burning the incense before the Lord. What an interesting thing that his great nephew would receive the gift of frankincense. What this tells us is Jesus is listening. He wants to hear your needs. He wants to hear about your shortcomings. He wants to hear your confession. He wants to be there for you in love, in kindness. And many times in scripture, prayer is referred to as incense going up before the Lord, something you light that's beautiful smelling and goes before God. We see that over and over in scripture. And did you know Jesus himself is praying for you? The Bible says he is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. Not just those of you that got it all figured out and are living the perfect Christian life. He is interceding for those who need a go-between. He is interceding for those of us who miss the mark In fact, that's what sin means. It means to miss the mark. That's all it is. If you have ever missed God's mark, you've sinned. Welcome to the club. We are all a part of it. But Jesus, the priest, is there to rip the veil in half, which is what happened when he gave his life on the cross. The veil in the temple that separated man from God, woman from God, children from God, ripped in half that we all now have access because Jesus is priest. That's his gift to you. And finally, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh was another gift that made a little more sense. It was something that was a a resin that came from a tree. It was sweet-smelling. You'd mix it with other other spices to get a, a beautiful potpourri and If any of you have ever changed a diaper, you know you want something to cover that smell. So I'm sure Mary, and probably especially Joseph, was very happy to see that. It reminds me of a book uh, we used to read when I was a kid called The Sweet Smell of Christmas. Um, One of my favorites still to this day, but it was a scratch and sniff book. And it would go through and you'd smell all the different smells of Christmas. The peppermint, the chocolate, the pine needles, and we had it so long, all those scratch places were just white. Like my sister and I had scratched it so much, it was gone. But just take a moment to think of the smells of Christmas, the baking, the cider, the time when you wake up early, and if you have a real tree, that pine smell fills the house, or if you have a fireplace, that wonderful smell of of fire filling the home, those smells trigger memories, trigger emotions, trigger desires. I'll tell you, when I smell cookies, bacon, I want to eat them. And myrrh was a smell that was intended to do all those things, to bring remembrance to us, to cover odor, to provide opportunity for something better than what was existing. Jesus needed myrrh. Not as a baby, not as a teen, not as a 12 year old when he left his parents and went to the temple and just thought, I got to be about my father's business. I don't care. Did he sound like a regular 12 year old? Yes, he did. I don't have to do what you say. I'm doing better stuff. I'm doing what I'm supposed to, and Mary and Joseph are freaked out for three days because they can't find God. They lost God. They had one job, and they lost him. He didn't need it when he was a young carpenter or stonemason working at his father's business. He didn't need it as he began his ministry, but as he drew near to the end, myrrh became more and more important. Myrrh was what was used in the burial clothes They would wrap around once, put some myrrh in there and wrap again, put some more myrrh and wrap again. You see, this baby was wrapped in swaddling clothes as an infant, but he was wrapped in linen as a savior. We read in John 19, 39b, Nicodemus, the man who had earlier visited Jesus at night, Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes and about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with the Jewish burial custom. This baby born king and priest was also a baby born to give his life as Savior. What other king, what other priest gives their own life, not just for their own subjects, but for those who live outside the walls? What other king, what other priest, what other God plans his life around the end of his life? What other love is there that says, I, the all-powerful, the unstoppable, the all-knowing and all-present and all-existent God, will wrap myself up inside the vulnerable humanity of flesh that I created, will live a life in a backwater part of the world, We'll do some good. We'll love some people that others hate. We'll sacrifice my reputation on behalf of those the world has determined are worthless. And then at the end, we'll give his life and be wrapped in that linen, borrowed from someone else, with myrrh given as a gift at his birth and then also a gift at his burial, put into a borrowed tomb, to three days later, be born again. A second birth out of the tomb forevermore. That is the Savior that Jesus is to us. That is who he is. That is his gift to you, to be king, your provider, protector, justice bearer and identity, to be your priest, your go-between, the one who burns the incense himself as he prays for you, as he hears your needs, as he shares in your weakness and interfaces us with the divine. And the Savior who gives his all to forgive every shortcoming, every failure, every sin, That's his gift to you. So Jesus received gifts that reveal his gift to you. And I want to take a moment here before we move on to our candle lighting to give you an opportunity to respond, to receive that gift yourself. Maybe you're here and you've never known that's what Jesus is. King and priest and Savior, or you've never realized it this way and you're sensing something in your heart or your mind is opening in a new way and you're saying, I want that. I need that. That is the desire of my heart. And if you want to do that, I'm going to pray a simple prayer that asks Jesus to forgive our sins and to be our Lord, our King, our God, and to fill us with his spirit that we can live this life now under his kingship. And then after that, I'm just going to pray a prayer of blessing over all of us. Because no matter where we are, no matter what our day, month, year, life has looked like, Jesus wants these gifts living in your life today, tomorrow, 2024, 2050, if you live that long, for all eternity. He wants that life in you. So if you want to accept Jesus into your life, just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, I need the gift that is you. I need someone to guide my life as king. I need someone to go between me and the divine God the Father and my brokenness, and I need a Savior for my sin. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong but I accept your forgiveness. I accept your new life for me now. And now I choose to make you my king and my God, my Lord Jesus. Will you fill me with your spirit from this day forward and help me every day to live life to the full that you have for me? Thank you, Lord Jesus. And now, God, we come to you just saying we need you in all the ways that you want to give to us. We need you to be more savior, to be more provider, to be more ruler, to be more priest. We need you in our lives. I pray a blessing of you, Lord Jesus, the greatest gift that has ever given. Help us daily to spend time with you, to receive from you, And to live out the life you created us to bless your people this Christmas Eve. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening and please join us each Sunday at 10 a.m. for our worship service.